What's up, Edge Ministry? What's up, Coop? What's going on? Uh, my name is Ashley Cooper, and this is my sister. Nishia Martin. All right. And uh, we're excited uh, to be a part of the devotional tonight and excited to talk about being inspired together. We want to build a togetherness that glorifies God. And, you know, that togetherness includes something very special, right? When we come together like this, uh, we're not just here because we're bored and we have nothing else to do. We're not just any group of people. We're a group of people held together by love. That's the special ingredient that is something so powerful that holds together this group of 300 people from ages 21 to 71 of all different types of ethnicities and backgrounds. That special thing is love. It holds us together. And I want us to talk about love uh, this evening, uh, right before we get into our panel discussion, as we really discuss how we can build true togetherness in the singles ministry. Amen? So let's turn over to 1 John chapter 4. It will be projected up on the screen as well. You don't get there in time. But 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, the Bible reads, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God's loves, uh, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. You know, true togetherness, a togetherness that's heavenly, a togetherness that makes the invisible God visible for all the world to see, is marked by love. That's how special love is. It's the glue that holds us together. And I think in the Edge Ministry, uh, we have a unique opportunity to demonstrate that type of love to each other. Because from a worldly perspective, we're so different. We have people in the singles ministry who are formally married. People in the singles ministry who are dating. People in the singles ministry who are single, right? We have single parents, people without kids, people deep into their career, people who are just out of college. People who have been Christians for 20 plus years, and people who just got off the water yesterday. Our group is such a mixed mass of people, and that's from a worldly perspective. But if we look at each other from a godly perspective, we could come in here and say, wow, that's my brother. That's my sister. That's my partner in the gospel. And I love them. I want to build a connection with them simply based off of that. But it's not always like that, right? You don't always feel like that towards your brothers and sisters. You know, I want to be real for a little bit, right? For a lot of bit, right? This is my family. You know, sometimes I come into this room and I think things like, oh, maybe we should uh, just separate by age group, right? I want to be around people like me. You know, sometimes I think about, you know, why aren't we having the type of fun I want to have? Or when I'm having a hangout, I think about inviting just the people I know, the people maybe that I, that I came out of campus with. When I go to a Bible talk, I'm thinking about what's comfortable, who can I hang out with? I've even been at Devo and thought, man, I can't wait for this to be over so I can hang out with my friends. I've thought those things to myself before. And that's my sinful nature. That's my worldly point of view. That's selfish, not selfless. That's seeking comfortable relationships and not Christ-centered connections. 
You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about not seeing each other from a worldly point of view. That we are new creations made in Christ. The old is gone, the new is here. And I'm so grateful to God that I now know from experience that I ought to lean into the differences that we have here in this room. That I should lean into these relationships so that I can truly see the beauty of the body of Christ. I should form relationships with everyone. You know, for about a year, God allowed me to be a part of a daytime ministry in Brooklyn that was made up of uh, mainly mature disciples. Uh, single men and women were in this group who were full of different life experiences. Some of them had kids, some of them had grandkids, some who were retired. It was about a century of faith in that room. And from the outside looking in, maybe this uh, recent college grad couldn't build a relationship with someone who was the age of their mom. But through God, these people weren't just my friends, they were my family. You know, I looked around and I said, this is my, these are my brothers and sisters. And I got to experience God's love, true togetherness, through us praying for each other, having genuine concern for each other, checking up on each other outside of a midweek uh, service, following up on prayer requests. The time spent together really deepened our relationship. We built memories, we had holiday parties, birthday celebrations, we ate a lot of food. It was something that was so amazing for us. And I think that's really, when we love one another, that's what togetherness is all about. And she is going to share. I'm so excited to be sharing. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share. At the age of 22 years old, I was baptized in our Los Angeles church. Um, in the college ministry. I've been a disciple for 26 years. I've been a disciple for 26 years and it has been an amazing journey. I would not change or take any part of it away. I've learned so very much from all of the different stages in my life and trials that I've gone through. At a very early age, I had been searching for God because of all of the abuses and the lack of unity and the lack of real love that I saw around me and in my family. I have been attending every kind of church and I have been in almost every religion possible and I had given up for three years when Claire Atienza met me in music class in college. I was so very impressed and motivated by all of the young disciples and their love for God and their love for each other and amazingly, their love for me, a complete stranger. I had never seen that before. I saw Jesus in them and in the Bible studies they taught me, so I got baptized. Their example helped me to have faith that just maybe I could be a Christian too. I'm sorry, I can't see. My spiritual mother, Claire, she wanted to train me on many things in the Bible. Thank goodness, it came in very handy for all of the different trials and different stages in my life. I didn't know that I would go through. I started out as an honor student in a private university and was a professional, making $100,000 a year and went all the way to zero after a very bad car accident, three surgeries, cancer, and several other diagnoses, I entered the Seniors Bible Talk in our Texas church, and I have moved ministries ten different times in five states in our church. I've been in our marriage ministry, 
and I am now divorced, turning to, returning to our singles ministry as a disabled woman. So I've pretty much experienced all of the <laughs> different um, stages, and um, I'm so excited that we're going to have an opportunity to talk more about this. Because I've learned so much in each one of these stages, it's allowed me to, to remember what's most important about loving each other. Um, in the campus ministry, I learned that Jesus is the head of the body and the church. Colossians 1.18 and 1 Corinthians 12.12-31 12, That if Jesus is the head, then my goal is to think like him more and more and to love like him, not like Messiah. It was really hard for me, and, and even I still work hard to love people who are different from me or reach out to people who are different from me because I was shy. And Claire said to me, oh, go meet three new people every Sunday when I was a baby Christian. And I said, I'm shy. I can't do that. She said, oh, it's okay. That's just selfishness. <laughs> she cured me in that moment, and I've been doing it ever since. To this day, I still meet three new disciples every time I come to service because the church is always growing. It's always changing. It's a body just like, the, you know, our bodies. And we want to take care of it. So for me personally, that's one of the best things that I learned in the campus ministry and the singles ministry. I learned two is better than one, actually. And, and that is um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And that can be two sisters. I was so grateful for the households that I lived in in the, in the singles ministry. Um, we lived through earthquakes together in California and uh, seven girls in a five-bedroom house. And uh, everybody had a different response to the earthquake. <laughs> but <laughs> I was sleeping. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but a lot of but the girls were very afraid. And um, we just, we all learned so much from each other. And they really honestly prepared me for marriage. Because when you're married, you can't escape that roommate. You guys got to work it out. <laughs> so for me, I'm so grateful for all of the different trials that God has allowed me to go through. And he has taught me through Matthew 12, 25, that a house, a kingdom, a town, a family divided against itself will fall. And so my desire is to, to work more and more to, uh, to really love all of you guys and to be unified with you guys. Thank you so much. Amen. Knows that she was sharing that story about the earthquake. I'm just thinking of Nashiel is like Jesus, right? Like she's the only one sleeping. Everyone's panicking, and she's just knocked out over there. She's Jesus. Okay. Um. So, you know, uh, as we end off here, I want to just share some practicals uh, because I don't know if you guys know, but the Edge, uh, this Edge devotional is going on a little bit of a summer break, right? We're not going to be together like this until September. So this is an opportunity, oh wow, some of you guys are like shocked. This is an opportunity for us to put this into practice, make it our personal mission to build relationships with the people around us. And my first practical for us uh, is to pray. Uh, This is the easiest and most powerful thing you can do to instantly transform any relationship that you have, to start a new friendship, to deepen a, a one that's already existing, to pray. When you make someone a part of your prayer life, they become a priority to you. When you're praying for your brothers and sisters, maybe you don't know what to pray about, go up to them and ask them. Find out what you can specifically pray about. Invite prayer into your life, right? 
be open about the struggles you're having, and also spending time praying together. You know, uh, if you guys want to pray for me, you can pray for my anxiety, right? I'm just going through a move right now, and it's a lot of changes going on. So you can pray for that. You can pray for my purity. It's the summertime. People forget to wear clothes all of a sudden. So you can pray for me um, about that and the rest of the brothers. You can pray for my dating relationship, um, you know, for me to be self-controlled and to honor God. Um, but we should be having these type of conversations with one another and really getting close to each other that way. Let's pray uh, for each other. Uh, secondly, let's serve. Let's serve each other. Find out if a brother or sister needs help. Maybe they need help moving. Maybe they need to get something. You can cook for them. You can give them a gift. There's so many ways that we can encourage our brothers and sisters. You know, another way, another thing we can do is serving together, right? When I've had opportunities to serve together with my brothers and sisters, whether it's being involved with the region that I'm in, volunteering, serving the poor, uh, it's been a great way for me to form a special bond because we're doing something together as disciples of Christ. So serving together is a great way to build relationships. Thirdly, have fun, right? Have fun. I'm going to have fun this summer. I'm excited to have fun, to do life with my brothers and sisters. You know, we form deep bonds when we experience these uh, special things together, when we create memories. You know, the fireworks on 4th of July, that's something you should do with your brothers and sisters. Plan a beach trip, head to the amusement park, have a movie night. Eat food, right? Eating food together is something that's really special. Go on dates. You know, some of my best times of joy and laughter and fun are with people who are in this room. And that has helped me build great relationships. Lastly, be intentional. Love is a choice. And it follows that some of our relationships with one another are just a few decisions away. Take initiative. Set up a plan. How are you going to diversify the relationships that you have in the EDGE ministry? How are you going to make new friends? I love what Nashia said about her discipler telling her to meet with three people each service. That's a plan. You know, mark days on your calendar where you're going to dedicate to spending time with this family right here. Don't let the summer pass you by. Make it your goal this summer to build relationships with new people, to deepen existing relationships, and to love one another the way God loves us. Let's continue to be inspired together. Amen. So inspired so far? That was a great lesson. Let's give them a hand once again. Thank you very much. So um, at this time, I would like to ask the panelists to come forward. Let's give them a hand.
as I set up, um, just wanted to give you a heads up. So uh, we're going to. Sorry, there you go. So as mentioned, we we're going to have a panel discussion. Uh, the panelists are going to have uh, some time to answer a few questions. Which I've been prepared in advance. So panelists, thank you, Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, hey. <laughs> so guys, how are you feeling? Great. Thank you for being here. So basically, we're gonna do a little introduction. So what I'd like to do, we're gonna have a question direction to start with Randall. So what would you like to introduce yourself? Your life stage and a fun fact. Well, my name is John Campbell. I'm baptized in some Jamaican life. I'm here to I'm a Christian, I'm over 50. And I just want to let you know that my left foot and my middle foot is short. And 
the easier part of making that change is that the church is very consistent in the meeting of the body. So that I could slide in easier. But then the challenge was as many people getting involved in other people's lives. And I realized that I had to make an extra effort. I could not necessarily raise the people who come up to me. I think it's a page out of the Shields book. You have to reach out and get to meet people. This, uh, the scripture that spurred me on in this is Philippians 2, 3, through 6, where it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourself. Not looking for your own interests, but looking to the interests of others. So I said, okay, I have to set some priorities. What are our commonalities? And the big thing we're all talking about today, like to eat. So we can find ways of being with each other through eating. We all have to relax in some ways. I needed to find out what other people want to do to relax. And we all live somewhere. So just make that extra effort, and that's the biggest challenge, and that's how I went out. Um, one thing I didn't mention before is that I left the church for seven years. And when I came back, I was, I, was, um, I was married in the church when I left that come back as a single. And so that in itself became a barrier. There were people who looked at me and think about me when I was there and the reason I left. Um, some were in solidarity with my ex-wife. You know, when I was divorced, there's always sides, even in the church. And that was part of it also. Plus, I was my worst enemy. I was prideful, I was judgmental, I was critical, I find fault with everything. I look at people and say, they are the fault, not me. And it, all that matter was what Randall wants. It wasn't what about it wasn't about God, it was about me. And so the biggest stumbling block in me building friendship and unity was just me. And I didn't get to the point where I see or rotten I was until I do a self-examination of who I am. And by doing that, I begin to see me, but who other people might see. And one of the things I come in also was that seeing people the way I see myself. I see myself as judgmental, critical, um, having no humility. And so when I look around, that's what I'm seeing. I expect other people to behave the way I behave, and so that's one of the biggest issues that I have. Seeing people who, who the way Christ see them. And once I start seeing people the way Christ see them, then I know that I could change. Thank you. 
Question number two. How have those victories transformed you spiritually, mentally, and socially? And I'll start my brother Brandon. I think I'm being transformed even right now. So I don't think it's a, the process is still ongoing. I um I, I learned to be humble. I think that's one of the biggest things. Something that happened to me that really changed a lot from a mental point of view is that one day I didn't have bus fare. And I begged somebody bus fare. And then the person I had person one time said that they, they didn't even have a job to talk about. But that same person I went to and begged a bus fare. And if you want to be humble, that's something that would really humble you. When you have to beg a person in person out, a bus fare. Um, also, I, I learned to examine who I was. As I said before, that's one of, one of the biggest changes also, to see myself. And one of the scriptures that I use to help me is um, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know, do you not realize that Christ Jesus lives in you? This is one of the things I use. When I realize that Christ is with me, then my behavior has to be different. I have to give a different lifestyle, a different testimony to the world and to the church. Because there are people watching everything I do.
had a
surprisingly, the scripture that's been shared more than once tonight is the one that helped me the most. And it's Philippians 2. But I concentrated on verse 3 and 4. They do not in other selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. For me, this is so prominent in my life because I've been such a selfish person, deep down, conceited, and, uh, and proud. I need this scripture to help me every day. And that's the reason why this has been such a big thing for me.